Hello, friends. Welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. My name is Sarah Gump. Jeff Vesti, Cedarville's Director of Strategic Relations, is well-suited for his role developing and maintaining connections with parents, alumni, and supporters of Cedarville University. His 34-year career from admissions to Christian ministry, student life, alumni relations, and serving as an adjunct math instructor has been all about people, building relationships and serving them well in Jesus' name. Enjoy his conversation with your host, Mark Weinstein, now. Welcome back to another week of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I'm Mark Weinstein, your host, and joining me on the podcast today is Jeff Bestie. He is currently the Director of Strategic Relations at the university. Jeff has been at Cedarville, it's hard to believe, for 38 years. That includes uh, the four years he spent as a student. He's been my colleague for the past 10 years. And most recently, he's been a classmate of mine in a leadership program at Cedarville University. So Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. It is great to be with you today. It's good to see you, too. We're doing this uh, podcast from a remote location, so we're doing it through Zoom. So Jeff and I can see each other, and uh, it's going to be a a good time. You have a lot to share with your 38 years at Cedarville. But for starters, as a student, how did you really select Cedarville? Well, um, really, my parents were the one that selected Cedarville for me. Um, When I was a high school student, I tell people I was kind of an undercover Christian. I was not really excited about serving God because it wasn't getting me the things that I thought I wanted as a high school teenager. So when it came time to think about colleges, I really wanted the regular college experience, and I didn't think I would get that at Cedarville. My parents had actually heard about Cedarville from a former pastor of ours, so we went out to visit the campus Uh, during winter of my senior year, had an opportunity to go to chapel, ate in the cafeteria, which was the newly remodeled old gym in what was called the College Center then. Is that Tyler Um, today? That is now Tyler today. Oh my goodness. But it was the College Center on our campus tour, which by the way, my campus tour guide was John Hart. Oh, that's funny. Who now works on campus um, as our university council. Right. He gave me a tour. We went in to see one of the new dorms on campus, Lawler. It was uh, had just been used for a couple of years, I think. Then we went into the upstairs of the athletic center, which was still being built. So the upstairs was just a huge empty area. So campus definitely looked a lot different. Yeah. And when we left campus that day, my parents knew that this was the place for their son to go. I, on the other hand, was thinking, I will never go to Cedarville. I thought everyone was too spiritual. I just didn't really want to be a part of that at all. But by the end of my senior year, my parents kind of gave me a choice. They said, Jeff, you can go wherever you want and pay for that on your own, or you can go to Cedarville for a year. So I decided I was going to go to Cedarville for a year, and that was going to be it. So I got to Cedarville, had a actually a great freshman year, and I decided I liked it enough that I was going to come back for a second year. But at the time, I was planning to transfer to Purdue University because I was studying engineering. And back when I was a student, we only had a two-year pre-engineering program. 
And it was during my second year at Cedarville that God really got a hold of my heart. And I tell people what really influenced me more than anything. It wasn't the Bible classes. It wasn't chapel. It wasn't our president, Dr. Dixon. Although all of those things had an influence in my life as a student. What really impacted me was the fact that there were students my age who, first of all, were excited about their walk with the Lord. And secondly, were concerned about my walk with the Lord. And I think particularly that year, I was on the Summer Sword Bear team, which is what they used to call heart song teams. <laughs> and I was on a Summer Sword Bear team, and it was really the people on that team that probably built into my life more than anyone. And so uh, during my sophomore year, I realized it was time to really turn my life over to God. and. Then I ended up staying at Cedarville and really thriving at Cedarville and uh, just saw God do so many great things in my life. So I never left. That one year ended up being a very, very, very long time. 38 years, exactly. That's that's quite a while. So I want to unpack that a little bit. I'm interested in, in hearing from you, you know, if you can recall that freshman and sophomore year, especially the sophomore year where you turn your life over to Christ. Does any, any specifics, incidents, situations, encounters uh, come to mind that really generated your spiritual thirst and thriving? Well, there really was one in particular. It was in January, and it was during the Winter Missionary Conference. And so my sword bearer team sang that night. So we were sitting right on the front row in the old chapel. I don't even remember who the speaker was. I do remember, I believe it was a speaker from Canada, and I felt like all night he was talking directly to me. And um, so at the end of that night, he had an invitation, and I was dressed in a sword bear outfit. Back then, we all used to wear matching outfits. Um, I was dressed in a sword bear outfit. So I did not go forward because, I don't know, I... I was just afraid of what it would look like, I guess. So I didn't go forward, but I made a decision at my seat that night. That was a huge influence in me. But then also, the second thing that really, really influenced me throughout that year was just being on my Swordbird team, particularly staying with host families when we were on the road in the conversations I was able to have with them, but also with the other people that were on my team especially one week that we were at a camp up in Massachusetts. I believe the name of the camp was Northfield. And I was the counselor of a group of, I think, fifth and sixth grade boys. And while Northfield thought that they had the Cedarville students there to influence the lives of the kids, I found that instead my life was influenced through those kids, but also through the speakers at the camp and uh, just through the interactions that we were able to have with that staff. So those were some really influential times in that year. Yeah, I think you you uh, touch on a very important point that I think is often misunderstood or not noticed, and that is the more we serve others through the Spirit, that the Lord ministers to us. So we we think we're doing a great thing by singing, not me because I can't sing, but you can sing well. <laughs> you can sing well, but the more you serve, 
the, the Lord is speaking to your heart and, and showing you great things. That's a great point, Jeff. In, in a similar question, you know, you've talked about situations, the sword bearer work, et cetera, but who are some people that really personally built into your life as a student? And I, I want to ask that question also later on professionally, but let's, let's look at the student perspective. Who really built into your life that uh, you just cherish today? For years, I've actually said I had five, I call them my five heroes at Cedarville. And they were five people that really influenced my time as a student. Uh, the first one was Dr. Dixon. The opportunity to hear him every Monday in chapel was just phenomenal. Many of the things that he talked about really influenced my life during that time as a student. The second one, who probably had as equal influence in my life, if not maybe even more, was Pastor Harold Green. PG. Um, we called him PG. Yep. And PG was the vice president for Christian Ministries. He was also the campus pastor. But PG was a person who, he actually sought me out my freshman year. You know, I never really knew why he exactly looked for me, but I'm so grateful that he did because he influenced my life in so many ways. Also, a roommate that I had one year who was also on my sword bear team, Dan Barfell who uh, is a pastor now up in Northern Ohio. He was a person who really influenced me. And I think that was because he was my peer. Mm -hmm. And so to see people my age who were really excited about their walk with Christ was something I'd never experienced. Also, on one of the MIS trips that I went on, now called Global Outreach, my very first trip to Australia had an opportunity to interact with a pastor over there. His name is Kirby Lancaster. Kirby is actually a Cedarville grad. He graduated in the mid-70s, and he was a pastor over there. And so in the time that we were able to spend with him in his church, just uh, the communication that I had with him greatly influenced me. He continued to influence my life for several years after that. I actually went back to Australia several more times, but then also he had contacted me about the possibility of coming and working with him in Australia. So he had a lot of influence on my life as a student. And then the last one that I always mention is a former staff member here. His name is Kevin Smith. And Kevin directed some of the music teams. And uh, I found that anytime I needed a person to talk to, I could walk to his office in the chapel and his door was always open. And there were many times that I sat in his office and he was such a great counsel for me in all of those times. So those five individuals really influenced me as a student. It sounds like you had your fill of your Paul, Timothy, and Barnabas's in your life mm -hmm. at important times in your life, which is good to hear. So from a uh, professional perspective, who has shaped your life, your career, and how have they done that? Um, so my very first boss, the person who hired me to start working at Cedarville was Dave Ormsby. He really influenced me professionally. Uh, in fact, he was the one, when I came to Cedarville, um, he basically hired me and said, hey, why don't you plan to be here for two years? So when I started at Cedarville, that was my plan. And I can remember at one point in those first two years, he even said, hey, Jeff, there's a house for sale here in Cedarville. I think it would be a great opportunity for you. And I said, Dave, I'm only gonna be here two years. I was not planning to stick around. 
my degree was in math and physics education, and I really wanted to teach high school. In fact, I had taught school for one year after I graduated, before I came back to Cedarville. But I told Dave, I said, Dave, I'm only going to be here for two years. I don't need to buy a house. Well, probably 10 years later, I was kicking myself that I never bought that house. But I worked for Dave for four years. And then uh, I moved on and started working in student life. And uh, it was in student life that, in particular, two men began to really influence my life. The first one was Dick Walker, who eventually became a boss of mine. I worked for Dick um, in student life for almost 15 years. I was overseeing student organizations and SGA and student leadership development. And through Dick, I really learned, in fact, today is his birthday as we're talking, and I just uh, sent him a note thanking him for this. But from him, I learned a love for God. I learned a love for alumni. So before I was even the alumni director, he he was modeling to me what it meant to really love the alumni of Cedarville. And then the third thing that he really taught me was a love for our village of Cedarville. Hmm. Dick loved our campus, but he also loved the people here in the town. And so that really instilled in me a great love for our community as well. And so since then, I've even reached out in different ways to be really involved in our community. And then the other person professionally that has really influenced me is Jim Cato. Jim is now the Associate Vice President for Student Life and Christian Ministries. Um, When I first started, he was the director of Sword Bears and uh, did that for many, many years. But from Jim, I I really learned two things. One was more professionally, though, and that was just how to always be kind of reinventing yourself to fit the situation around you. We all know that Heart Song today is not the same as Sword Bears 20 plus years ago. And uh, to see how he was always reinventing sword bears and reinventing his role with that to really adapt to what the school was becoming, what culture was becoming, it really helped me to, to see how I should always be adapting to things around me. But then the other thing that he taught me, and this was not necessarily professionally, although I think it's very important in our profession, especially at Cedarville, but he taught me a lot about worship and how worship is not just singing or uh, saying, but it is really living. And so those would be two, three people in particular that have continued to influence me professionally. So how do you use worship? A better way of saying it, how do you worship through your job? Because if everything is worship, so is your job. How are you able to marry the two and do them well or as unto the Lord? Well, I think that worship is, is just how we live mm-hmm. daily. And so one thing that I've really been challenged by just recently, even by reading first Thessalonians this winter is there's a verse in first Thessalonians that really challenges us to be joyful, to give thanks and to pray at all times. Mm-hmm. And I think if I can be doing that, daily in my work, it is an incredible way for me to show worship to God. So I think being joyful, there are so many opportunities that I have to be joyful, whether it's to students, with our alumni, with parents, 
just to allow them to see the joy of the Lord in my life, even especially in difficult times like we've been going through over the last two and a half months, when so much of even our future is unknown because of the coronavirus, I think it's important to see joy in everything around us. And then just to be grateful. We have so much to be grateful for here at Cedarville. I think even just in my own family and in the midst of everything that's happening with COVID-19, we still have so much that uh, we need to be thankful for. And then uh, just always being in prayer. I think that I have learned more of that as I've gotten older, how (laughs) I recognize, you know, I can't do anything apart from God. So constantly praying and asking for wisdom in every situation that comes about has been so important. That's so encouraging. And when you're talking about joy, my mind went to James 1. You know, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. I mean, that's what we're under with this COVID-19. It's a great encouragement. Now, earlier you mentioned that you worked in admissions, you worked in Christian ministries, you've also worked in student life, uh, you've been an adjunct math instructor, which is really impressive to me. And now, well, for as long as I've known you, which is 10 years, you've always been in advancement. So how does working in different areas of the university help you in your advancement role, whether that's director of alumni relations or director of strategic relations? Well, by uh, by being here for so long and by working in so many different areas, I really have a great understanding of how the university works and also who makes what happen at the university. So when a problem arises or when someone contacts me and just needs information, I generally know exactly where to send them. But I think even in, in letting that influence my life professionally now, I had over 20 years of experience working in student life And so when I became the director of alumni, I already knew so many of our alumni. And that was a great advantage for me. Everything that I do now in in the area of advancement really hinges on relationships. And so in all of those years, in all those previous roles, I had the opportunity to build and build into relationships. And so I'm able to use all of that knowledge in the role that I have now. Yeah, when I think of you, again, I've only been at Cedarville 10 years, so I'm a newbie compared to you, but I almost view you as the modern day Dick Walker. Is that a fair assessment? Eh, I No, you can't even compare me to Dick Walker. But I will say, working for him and being influenced by him, that's when I really saw how important relationships are. You know, Dick is still a person who he always seems to know everything about everyone, even people that graduated 40 years ago, he still knows what their kids are involved in. He knows what they're doing. He knows when they're going to be coming through Ohio and going to get them to come by campus. He, he always knows what's happening. And um, I, I certainly do my best to try to know that kind of stuff. And things like Facebook have certainly helped in some ways. Also though, the fact that I'm here at Cedarville helps too, because generally people will come back to Cedarville at different times, whether it's homecoming or uh, particularly people start coming back to campus when their kids are getting close to college age. Right. And so I'm able to connect with them and 
and have the opportunity to catch up and continue to build those relationships. My first experience with Dick, he was actually the Dean of Men. And I found out years later, but as uh, freshmen were getting ready to come in, we had to send a senior picture to the university, you know, just as a part of our application or whatever. Well, Dick would take all those pictures of the guys, and I think he memorized them so that he would know who we were before we even got to campus. And so I remember once I was just walking across campus, and here was this guy walking towards me that I didn't even know. And as he passed me, he said, good morning, Mr. Bestie. And I thought, who is that? <laughs> and then I found out that it was the dean of men. So I was really oh boy. scared that, uh-oh, what did I do that he somehow knew my name? But it's because he realized how important names are yeah. to people. And uh, so he really made it a point to do that. And so when I became an RD several years later, I decided, you know, one thing I want to do is I want to know everyone's name and face by Thanksgiving. That's and so great, I always tried to make it a point to do that. Yeah, that's a great goal. I mean, relationships is what life's all about. If we don't have relationships, we, we miss out a lot of opportunities to build right. into the lives of people. So out of curiosity, how many times have you been the director of alumni relations at Cedarville? It seems like forever. And well, many times. actually, two separate times. Um, <laughs> I became the director of alumni back in 2008. Okay. Uh, that was uh, Faith Vision had been the director of alumni and she had just resigned and she contacted me and said, hey, Jeff, I think you would be a great director of alumni. Well, at the time I was working in student life, I had never been a director on campus. That kind of scared me. But I knew that I knew 20 years worth of alumni from all of my years in student life. So I started pursuing it and ended up getting the position. And so I did that for, I think, about eight years. And then there was a little restructuring that was done in the advancement area. And so I was moved into a different role. And that was more, instead of working with our alumni as a whole, it was more working with alumni individually. So I was on the road for a while and really enjoyed that. But after a few years, we had a new vice president come in, our current vice president, Rick Melson. And Rick decided to do some restructuring again. And so he moved me back into the role. And I've been in that role now for two and a half years. And then we've just done some more restructuring. And I'm back kind of like in the role that I was doing before. But one a huge addition that I have now is I work with parents. And that was something that I began to do just recently in my role as the director of alumni. And that's because, Mark, I became a parent. Uh, my oldest daughter came to Cedarville four years ago as a freshman. And when she became a freshman, I started seeing gaps in our program that were kind of missing parents. And somebody told me at that time, they said, well, they said, you know, we just let the students tell their parents all the things that they need to know. And I realized, okay, my daughter is not telling me anything. And it wasn't necessarily because of FERPA. It was things like, um, hey, the speaker is coming or there's this event on campus and, oh, fall break is coming up. She wasn't telling me anything. And so I started 
finding ways that we could really do a more effective job with our parents. And I went to my boss and suggested some things, not that I would do them, but (laughs) that someone would do them. And he said, that sounds great. Why don't you do that? So uh, I am now the director of strategic relations, but one of those very strategic relations that we have is with our parents. I would assume even a lot of those parents, couldn't they be alumni as well? Yeah, we actually have a lot of parents that are alumni. In fact, at the beginning of each school year, we do a dinner. We call it the second generation dinner. And it's for all the incoming freshmen whose parents are alumni. And we do that event, not necessarily for the freshmen. It's really more for the parents. And it is so much fun at that dinner to see all of these alumni in the room who are now parents of current students. And so that's been a highlight really the last several years, especially as some of my friends are now those parents. Right. And and now we're getting away from my friends, but now Shelly's classmates are those parents too. So that's a good transition. We have time for a few more questions, but I want to transition to a little more personal conversation with you. And let's start with Shelly. So you guys both met when you were stars of Fiddler on the Roof as students. Is that true? No. That's not true at all. Actually, Shelly was a star. Shelly was a student. I was just a Russian soldier, and I was actually a staff member at the time. Oh. And I was helping with the musical. The director had asked me to come. I was very involved in music and theater. And so the director had asked me to come and help with some of the small ensembles that were a part of that musical. And so Shelly actually was one of the three daughters that sang Matchmaker and did some other, she had a duet and some other things. And so I was working with those groups. And so I got to know Shelly through that. Now I was a staff member, she was a student, so I was not pursuing her at all. And it was actually several years later that we were on a ministry team together. We went to Australia and that's when I really fell in love with Shelly. Uh And uh, I eventually convinced her to fall in love with me, too, I think. So uh, we did meet as a part of Fiddler on the Roof, but I was not a star. And the courtship was after you both were alumni. Uh, No, she was actually still a student when that courtship began. (laughs) In fact, Brian Nestor, who is our um, director of global outreach, but at the time he was the director of MIS, He likes to say that there's the Jeff Bestie rule now that they put into place saying that team leaders could not date students. But I will say I did not date her while I was the team leader. I waited until the ministry trip was done. Thanks for sharing that. Very interesting story. (laughs) I have time for two more questions and and I'm going to stay on the family side. So you and Shelly have three daughters, Kylie, who graduated in 2020. Uh, Sarah, who will graduate in two years, and Rachel is a prospective student, I would I would think. Yes. So with uh, Kylie and Sarah, did you force them to come to Cedarville? <laughs> um, no, but I will say this. So being around Cedarville their whole lives, we constantly have had students in our home. At first, when, when they were young, it was our student government students as I was the advisor of SGA. And then it became DAE students who help with the alumni office. 
and always I've had Opie students. Opie is a guys organization on campus, and I'm the advisor for that. And so we've always had students in our home. And then as they even got a little older, they started interacting with students who were volunteering at the different ministries at church here in town. So they have always seen Cedarville students. And I tell you, when you get to know our Cedarville students, you see what incredible students we have. And so, frankly, my girls saw all these students and their whole lives they've thought, we want to be just like them. Yeah. So when it came time to start looking at colleges, they really didn't even consider any others. In fact, I remember one time for, I think it was Kylie, uh, we, she had gotten some things in the mail from some other schools. And I said, Kylie, don't you want to look at these? And she said, no, dad, I'm going to Cedarville. Oh. Well, of course, that made me very happy. But still, um, you know, they've always wanted to go to Cedarville. And now somebody actually just recently asked Rachel, who is going to be a junior at high school this uh, coming fall, but they asked Rachel, Rachel, where are you going to go to school? And she said, oh, I'm going to go to Cedarville. So we've never pushed it on them necessarily, but we've always strongly encouraged them to consider Cedarville. And then also the students have always done a great job of selling it to them. Yeah, you haven't had to sell it because of the students and just the, Absolutely. the in- integration that your family has had with the university. So that's a great story. Back to Kylie quickly. So she just recently graduated and we know what COVID-19 did with the school year and commencement. So how did you guys as a family honor Kylie, celebrate Kylie and her accomplishment as a graduate? You know, we, I mean, it was a very sad several weeks when the students were sent home and there were a lot of tears because she was going to be missing a lot of things that she had been looking forward to for four years. And so, uh, even when Shelly and I started thinking about graduation and what that would look like, and we remembered our own experiences there, we were really sad. And on the day of graduation, it actually could not have been a better day. First of all, it was a gorgeous day in Cedarville. And gorgeous days in May in Cedarville, I tell you, there's nothing like it. So it was a beautiful day. And then that morning, we actually watched the video presentation for graduation, and we actually all got up and we got dressed. I mean, we dressed pretty nice, even though we were just sitting in our living room. It was still a big deal for us. Sure. So we got dressed, and there was uh, one point where they asked the graduates to stand, and she kind of laughed and looked at us, and we all said, no, stand up. (laughs) So she stood up, and then we actually even got a picture of her standing next to the television, you know, it was, we were really making it a big deal. And then afterwards we went up to campus because actually two of her friends that she was graduating with, they were also both in the early childhood education program with her. So they'd been through many of their classes together. And one of them, that was the day that she was on campus to unload everything in her room. And her other friend was actually living in Cedarville. So the three of them met on campus. They all wore their high school caps and gowns, which all happened to be, they were all white. And we took some pictures of them by the main entrance, by the lake. Oh, nice. To celebrate that day with them. And so that was really a lot of fun. 
And then afterwards, we as a family came back home, but we ordered out some barbecue and we had our own little picnic on the back deck to celebrate her. And at the end of the day, I asked her, well, Kylie, how do you feel? And she said, Dad, I feel like I graduated. You know, she had such a great day seeing some friends that she had not seen in maybe six weeks. She hadn't seen her friends. And just, I thought that the university did an excellent job in putting together Mm -hmm. the video that they shared as a part of the commencement program. And so it ended up being a great day for her. And as a parent, I felt like it was a great day for us too, because it really did celebrate the completion of four years for our students. Jeff, I could talk to you much longer, but time is up. So I, I have one last question. I ask everyone this question at the end of the podcast, and that is, what is the Lord teaching you right now? Well, when I think about what he's teaching me right now, I think of actually what I've been reading daily in the word. And um, in our ABF, our Sunday school class at Grace Baptist, we started going through Colossians. And years ago, I had memorized Colossians chapter three, but I thought, boy, what, what a good time for me to really spend some time in Colossians. And so I've been reading through the book of Colossians probably over the last several weeks. And the thing that just continues to stand out to me is Christ is the head. Hmm. And so that has really impacted me, I think, even through all the things that we're experiencing right now in Cedarville, in our world, in communities, is that Christ is the head. And so for me, that's been um, a great source of peace because there have been some times over the last two and a half months where you wonder what in the world is happening. Right. And I've been reminded over the last couple of weeks, Christ is the head. And I realize, you know, he knows what's happening. He is orchestrating things for whatever his purpose is. And we just need to continue to be faithful you know, I think we were reminded throughout the school year. There you go. God is faithful, even when we are unfaithful. And that phrase just continues to come to mind so many times, especially yeah. over the last two and a half months. Yeah. But just the, the fact that God is faithful and Christ is the head um, has really had a huge impact in my life. That's great. Thanks for sharing. Uh, God is faithful. We can trust him when things and our lives seem to be going well or not so well. And so thanks for reminding us of that story and that truth. Also, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Again, we could talk for a lot longer, but we need to end it here. And uh, I appreciate you as a friend and as, as a colleague. And I look forward to getting back to campus and popping down to your office and seeing you yes. just in your setting. I can't wait to get back to campus and see people, not just their faces on a computer screen. Jeff, thanks. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by this conversation, like I was, please share this episode with a friend. If you know of an awesome Cedarville story, share it with us. We would love to showcase how God is at work in the Cedarville family. 
And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.